like a small bird on the ocean, sending big words into motion. Like every single word can make a whole ocean. I might only have one night, but I can make it explosion. And all those things I didn't say were recognized inside my brain. This is my fight song It's my white song It's a baby white song Yeah! It is the sun South African farm murder Don't really care about that against the Got a lot of fight left in me. Hey, welcome to uh, True and On. Uh, have you noticed that a lot of South that <laughs> i did you know i really like that song it's yeah, very catchy I, I genuinely enjoy that song it's really good i said this on twitter i think during the campaign or like leading up to the election i was watching i don't know oh it was like the dnc where mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so weird it was like kamala and biden up there and there's zoom things and there's no audience but i mean it looked like some fucking black mirror thing or whatever yeah, yeah and i was yeah. saying like the just complete and total weirdness of this entire enterprise is making me very nostalgic for like the purity of fight song. Oh yeah. I mean, those were such simpler times, right? Like it's when, when you had Bill Clinton looking at balloons on stage. Oh uh, my God. The wonder in his eyes, childlike because of brain disease. (laughs) Yes. And also in from gazing into the eyes of lots of children. Mm. Um, you had those people yelling. You know what people love doing at these fucking conventions is just bringing up a bunch of people whose kids died and then mm. yelling at people about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots. You of know that. what? Not my problem. Yeah. Well, speaking of, we we now we've got Yeller in chief. That's like all he did last night in his speech. Just yelled. Mm-hmm. I don't think he has well, another tone. Are you talking about which one are you talking about? Oh, with Biden. Oh yeah. Well, speaking of dead sons, Jesus. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, his speech last night, I watched, I, so I, I, I watched TV yesterday for the first time in a long, not that I don't watch anything, I just don't, I, my actual TV is all fucked up, so yeah, you that's the really reason. You don't really watch TV, come on. I don't, no, but I, I feel like saying that makes you sound like an asshole. I'm not yeah, like smart or anything, I'm just I'm too dumb for TV, but, uh, but I watched Fox for a while last night, mm. and uh, they played his speech, and I'll tell you what, I don't remember a fucking thing he said. He was just going on about red, white, and blue, and we got to unite the country. Very beautiful fireworks. Mm. Uh, and you had Kamala Harris up there. You know, that woman is a pick. <laughs> yeah, she's very charmless. I don't find – there's something very, um, uh, I don't know, machine-like about her. Just like mm-hmm. no charm, no – there's no softness. I don't know. I don't know what Willie Brown saw on her. <laughs> but wait, hold on. Hello. Welcome. 
True Anon. Mm-hmm. This is the podcast you're listening to. <laughs> My name is Liz. I am Vice President Brace Belden, and we are joined by Secretary of State and the actually the first uh, uh, ADIQ Secretary of State, uh, Young Chomsky. Uh, and the podcast is True Anon. Uh, hello, everyone. Um, I have a little bit of a different episode here because. Uh, I think it would be weird if we didn't talk about the election. So we kind of have to talk a little bit about the election, even though I don't think it's really our beat, but it is the, you know, presidential election in the United States. So it's almost like everyone's beat at that point. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I'll tell you who got beat. The American fucking people got beat. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't actually like, I've been thinking about this. Like I actually don't want to do an election episode because I don't like, I'll tell you, contemporary politics in as such isn't really our beat. And like, it's a lot, but it's one of those things. Like, it's like if 9-11 happened last week, we'd have to talk. I mean, I guess we have talked quite a bit about 9-11, even though it happened a long time ago. Um, But like, we have to talk about it. Like, we have no choice. Yeah. It's a podcaster's burden. Absolutely. So let's talk about it. (laughs) What day is, oh, it's Sunday. So- we already said, spoiler alert, Joe Biden is <laughs> has been named by the line fake news media, which we'll get into, uh, president-elect of the mm-hmm. United States. I love that one, president-elect. Um, and vice president-elect Kamala Harris. Yes. And they, they have uh, they've basically been, I would say, essentially since election night. Mm. kind of the vibe and the tone of like how it's been talked about is that Biden and Harris were it. Yeah. Yeah. It was sort of just like everyone was kind of waiting. I mean, there was, you know, a little bit of drama, which we're going to get into Um, a little bit of theater for sure. Mm -hmm. Some theatrics from every, on all sides. Um, But yeah, it seemed very like everyone was sort of just waiting for the inevitable, which was Nevada to basically announce (laughs) Yes, and count its votes. (laughs) I guess the thing with me here is that, like, you know, in this year that has probably been the worst year of most people's lives, um, unless you're really old, uh, in which case, (laughs) seventy three looked pretty bad. Uh, Also, (laughs) nineties didn't seem good. None of those years seemed very good there, especially late eighties too. Anyways, this this was probably the worst year of most people's lives, like baseline, median, median worst worst year. Uh, and to me, there's like no other since Biden announced his candidacy so long ago, there was no other alternative for me than like, of course, Biden's going to be fucking president, you know, like, did you really think I didn't, up. I didn't think that he was going to win the nomination. I'll cut to I, that. I, mean, I let I th- myself just be honest about that. I mean, I, I definitely let myself for a while, like try to believe that Bernie Sanders was going to win. Mm. But like, to me, it's just a spiritual, I, you know, you know, I don't go off facts I don't go off news articles. I don't go off data. Data is fake. What I go off is spiritual impulses. Mm. And my spiritual impulse told me that Joe Biden had a lock in the nomination. It also told me that he himself would probably be joining the spirit world in maybe not too long himself. Uh, but, See, I think but, the opposite. I think he's going to live. The, I think he might carry the full, carry to full term. <laughs> I don't know why oh, I said I it like that. I, I didn't mean natural causes, but we shouldn't continue down this line. <laughs> if you feel me. I mean, maybe he'll die. I don't know. Who cares? Um, but of course these, these, of, of course he, he won. And, 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 and the election itself, I think, I think it's pretty notable for 
you know, I guess they probably say this every election, but this one felt like the first like real modern election where everybody was just like with, with sort of the new kind of climate that's been created uh, in the past four years, like really mm. all culminated in this. I mean, just the infographics for months ahead saying that 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 Joe Biden was going to be cooed out of power. Uh, and then the just sort of like, the, I think the hysterical media spheres, um, both organic and inorganic on both sides of this really culminated and like came into their own during this election. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that like, I think with hindsight, a lot of people are going to admit some things. I don't, you know, I want to, maybe we can talk about this in a little bit, but I think that um, now that maybe some people feel like a fever has broken with whatever Mm -hmm. social or political pressures they felt under the last four years, that they're going to start admitting some like, oh, maybe we were all being a little hysterical. I, I, I can see some of that already happening. And yep. yeah, me too. Um, it's a bit maddening, to be honest. It's it's a bit maddening because anyone who tried to talk sense into some people over the past four years, whether that's, you know, resistance liberals to DSA leftists, whatever, mm-hmm. um, was either called like a secret Nazi or Trump sympathetic, or ridiculous and um, irrational. Well, sort of like the hyperbolic, I mean, extremely hyperbolic way that that Trump's presidency was talked about, like still sort of jars me. Because if you read really anything from like radical left media to like center liberal media to even some center right media, you would see Donald Trump presented as like an out and out fascist. Right. Mm. And like, it was never really clear whether America itself was fascist too now, or like it was just a fascist was in the white house, but you have a fascist. And and one thing I will say as a Jew, uh, I have the classic Jews disease of reading a lot about fascists, um, and sort of being <laughs> like, uh, I mean, I, I got right next to me, a fucking, uh, a history of fascism, I think in like 1999 through 45 over there. Uh, and, uh, and, to me, it's like Donald Trump never hit basically any of the criteria for that. And I, I've said that repeatedly because the the th- problem with that is that like with, with framing Trump as a fascist is, is a lot of people are like, okay, well, he's a fascist and so we must oppose him. But also he's a fascist. So like none of the stuff that he's doing, all of the, you know, the, the, the legal stuff that he's doing, all the political stuff that he's doing, all the social, the social milieu that he's creating is actually outside of liberal democracy. And obviously, you know, there's a case to be made, pretty strong case to be made that fascism is just like a, uh, let's say, a form of liberal democracy, or at least the final form of liberal democracy. But like, but but the way that it's presented is like, okay, if Donald Trump is a fascist, then we have to be part of this broad anti-fascist coalition to take Donald Trump out. Mm. And also, that means that like when he does stuff that's it's bad and fascist, and like if this if a different president did the same stuff, which by the way is has happened in almost every single instance then that's actually that's good because that's that's at least like liberal democracy and liberal democracy you know like we don't love it you know it's capitalist you know it's it's uh you know it did do like vietnam and 911 and like you know it did like bust up basically every right gain for workers in this country blah, blah blah you know that's still good it's like on our side like there are enemies but there are enemies and there are you know they're kind of our friends too 
And that drove me fucking insane because every time I talk about that, people would be like, well, he is a fascist. He's doing this and this and this. And then on election night when he fucking, or like whatever, you know, when, when it became clear that he was going to lose, there was no pogroms coming and the military wasn't in the streets. No it did war. feel exactly. It did feel like a fever broke for a lot of people. And it's like, yes, of course. He's just like a fucking politician, you know, and he's mm. a fucking gangster in a gangster state. Yeah. That's what drives me insane. Yeah, I think too, like, I mean, we have to say that, like, you know, the media and and I'll get into this and what flows out from, you know, or flows downstream from that, like, just spent the last four years making everybody, like, insanely anxious and miserable. Mm -hmm. And they succeeded, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, Just to ensure that basically any blue, no matter who, could win. And, like... In my mind, like, I think it's clear that 95% of this, by the way, is because they did not see Trump coming in any way in 2016. And, you know, because of the rule of media, and I think this includes social media um, Mm -hmm. and all the kind of explicit and implicit social pressures that come with the kind of like feral reward system that incentivizes behavior (laughs) within these like platforms and ecosystems. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, whatever. And like, I mean, you know, it should be said also all of the kind of IRL interactions that kind of flow from that as well. Like if it's in your career or your social groups or whatever, like all of it, all those pressures and like all of the uh, hysteria and insanity and making everyone miserable, like was just a way to save face. Like you had to treat this as a world historic cataclysm that could not have possibly happened unless we attribute it to literally anything but like historic and contingent developments that preceded it. Like it had to be fascism or every single person would have egg on their face and they're too embarrassed to admit they were wrong. And it would force them to say, okay, if I was wrong about this, then it means what else am I wrong about in my understanding and view of the world? And like, this is what really, this I mean, this is what really gets me is like, you saw this fucking shit with Russiagate, you know, mm-hmm. where it's mm-hmm. like, Russiagate continued to completely fall apart over and over and over again. And by the end, and you know, this includes people on the left that were like laughing all about it, about the P-tape and all that kind of bullshit, right? Like, Everyone looked around after Russiagate fell apart and it was this kind of like knowing like nod and laugh like, oh, come on. You know, we didn't actually think that we didn't actually believe that you weren't supposed to take us literally like chill out. Why are you being so crazy? And it's like it's completely maddening. Like the great gaslighting of America has only just begun and everyone Mm -hmm. is still like so fucking utterly confused as to why everything feels so schizophrenic. Like, uh, it's unbelievable to me. It's unbelievable. Well, it's it's been a sort of a shock and awe upon, I think, the, the American psyche for the past four years, is where where every couple of days there's a new cataclysm, there's a new, you know, insanity that, like, is the end of the world. And this has been reflected on the left in a, in a sort of um, 
uh, like refracted. I don't. I never know which word to use for this, but it's it's basically you. You be able to see it on the radical left too. It's like jumping from this giant world historical event that's like the end of America and the, the ushering in of fascism, and then forgetting about it in three months and going towards another one and another one and another one. And and it's created this like you know I'm not like a big well read fucking theoretical guy, but like I've been able to you know kind of look at it you know, big picture and be like wow this is crazy man like this is everybody is just like there's a new obsession every few months and like everybody's focused on this like either specific instance or whatever this outrage and like and it's really muddied the waters and it's like I feel like at this point and I've noticed this. You know, when I say like, I, you know, I hate the United States government. I don't fucking care who's president. The United States government is is bad. It's my enemy. It's fucking, it's a pig state. Uh, you know, people, it, 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 I think all of this has had the effect of some people sort of like um, tightening up when you say that. And in people whose politics they say might not align with Joe Biden, actually implicitly defending that that sort of liberal regime. Um, and, and, and what it's done is like, and we, 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 you and I have talked about this privately quite often in the past few weeks is like all of this has done like, or, or really the end result of all of this is that it has shored up the actual state. Mm, yeah. And, and like, so, I mean, l- look at the elections, right? Like all of the confusion and, and how opaque it is. And just really, you know, the, the, the madness of our electoral system and the, 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 you know, the lack of uniformity and the lack of clarity in all these different places, like really all that does is like, it, it creates this like cloud of confusion that, that it has in its, as its end result, people actually clean tighter to the state in certain ways. Yeah, absolutely. I think that like, I mean, okay. So, you know, over the past week or whatever, since Tuesday, when did, mm-hmm. okay. So they declared Biden the president yesterday, Saturday. Yesterday. Yeah. It was the greatest day of my life. <laughs> Wait, so Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So, so five days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you've had total like... A wor- it was a work week ago. Okay, four days. So it'll be four days, actually, of like, um, you know, total confusion. Uh, we should talk about some of the, the theories of voter fraud that were being kind of like claimed from all corners, um, particularly on the right. Uh, and I, I want to kind of get into that a little bit, but like, you know, it was like, oh, this is chaos. Oh, this is drama. Oh, we don't know what, oh, we don't know that. And like, so there's that layer. And I want to talk about that, but that's also separate from like what you're talking about, which is that literally our election system, the way that elections are run in this country is like completely insane. And I don't think, I mean, like, it's totally nonsense. Now you add that a layer on that on top of like the pandemic and what that's kind of, um, you know, added in a kind of a myriad ways to the entire process. Um, but it's like, you know, it's not like there's any uniformity. There's no clarity. There's no federal system. Like every county runs everything differently. Everything's counted like differently. Every county has different contracts with different fucking machines that use different ballots that are like produced by different people. Like it's, it's completely and totally irrational. And I want to stress this, like, cause this is what Brace is getting at. Like that's the fucking point or it's not mm-hmm. the point in a kind of like a conspiracy way, but it's like, it is a product of the system. Like the, yeah. ir- it has to be irrational, right? Yeah. It can I mean, only it's... be irrational basically. Well, like I, I realized uh, kind of months ago that no matter who won, uh, there there would be claims, and I'm sure some of them correct, of voter fraud. Like, 
you know, when I think of Nevada and when I think of Philadelphia, you know, those are places mm. that are practically, at least in certain parts, well, Philadelphia, all of it, run by, well, not all of it, but you, you know what I mean, yeah, in yeah, a general yeah. sense. It's like run they're, by, they're like Chicago. Yeah, it's run by Democratic gangsters, by the mafia that calls itself the right. Democratic Party, which is, you know, one of the two political parties dedicated to your fucking misery. And so it's like, you know, I, I, having having been from San Francisco, having followed elections pretty closely for a, quite a long time um, relative to my entire life in, in San Francisco, you know, there's been instances of, of every basically kind of voter fraud you can imagine. You know, there has been, I remember when Edwin Lee, uh, the, the, the thankfully fucking deceased uh, ex-mayor um, was, was elected. He was elected on the strength of basically like fraudulent votes, let's say, where mm-hmm. they had, uh, you know, these NGOs go into, into, um, tenements in Chinatown and basically, and, and not basically, literally fill out people's ballots for them and, and pay people for their ballots. Yeah. Uh, you had, you have had boxes, um, flo- found floating in the bay lids to vote boxes. Uh, you know, it's, it's every election that we've gone through here. There's always been part of me. I mean, last year, even they closed precincts in, in the areas that were strongest for, for Dean Preston. You know, I'm not saying anything that it was on purpose, but it was only in those precincts where they were strongest. And it's like, well, of course, I mean, it's, it's the people that, why, if I, if like, of course they have the, if they have the power to, 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 you know, maybe throw a wrench in it, they're gonna, I mean, it's not even throwing a wrench it's the point of it. And so it's like, I, I am of course sympathetic to, to claims that, you know, the election is fraudulent. I think the entire American system is, is fraudulent. Um, and, 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 and the fact of the matter is that that was bound to happen anyways, whether that'll change the actual total. I don't know. The thing is, is Trump's lawsuits that they, they brought against it are not very strong. And so I'm a little curious to see what their actual plan is because they, their lawsuits have been, I've read a few of them. I mean, it's, it's not a lot of evidence there. Um, but like the thing is, it's like, of course they cheat. They all fucking cheat. The Republicans cheat, the Democrats cheat because they're not like political parties dedicated to the empowering of, of, of people to vote and to choose their democracy. It's, it's, a, it's, a, that's a ridiculous childish notion. They are they are in there to reproduce themselves and and in the larger sense reproduce the state. Yeah, I mean, I think that like you know, like the court battles preceding the election, whether it's the Democrats making sure that the Green Party was not on the like Pennsylvania ballot or whatever, or whether it's the Republicans making sure certain states couldn't count mail-in votes before mm-hmm. election day or whatever, right? Like these are all basically games that each side plays and you cannot separate these outside of the election process. Like the entire thing is the process, right? Yeah. And like, I think that that's really important for people to understand because um, when we say that this like shores up, like perversely, it like shores or, or paradoxically, like claims of election fraud end up actually um, reinforcing the logic of the system. Because the idea is if there's fraud, then there is somewhere at bottom an unfraudulent version yep. that exists that we can get to if only we tear this apart. And it, it, I'm not suggesting that um, uh, that you can't do that because, uh, you know, it it's not just that it doesn't exist. It's that these are, it's all part of one thing. Right. And like, you know, I always say this and whatever, I repeat myself all the time. Sorry. We love it. (laughs) Maybe it's a new, there's new listeners. Who knows? 
(laughs) (laughs) But like the chaos in the theater that it's, you know, these are not distinct from the system. These are also part of the games, you know, like these are all features, not bugs. And I would suggest that they're actually all requirements in order to get like in order to get not just people to buy it, but like to, like you're saying, reproduce the logic of the state. Right. And so like, you know, if you want to say that in 2016, there was maybe a moment of like political crisis, if we want to say that, and, you know, I think you can debate that, but let's just for argument's sake, say that like these kind of political crises, uh, whether it's 2016 or now, if we want to call this like a, a minute crisis are like downstream from the process of capital accumulation itself. Mm-hmm. Like if we look at the past four years as a kind of, um, you know, a- as this kind of moment of potential political crisis, when, you know, when we talk about the capitalist system and like the process of accumulation, like it necessitates or requires moments of crises in order to continue to shore up capital investment in order to con- it, uh, continue accumulation and the pursuit of profit, right? Like, so it's not a coincidence that our political system requires these type of crises as well, because, you know, I think what we're trying to get at as we kind of go through all these different events um, of the election in this episode is that like the state has actually emerged stronger than ever. And yeah. all of these instances have done nothing but reproduce and and uh, reinforce the underlying logic of what people call the neoliberal or capitalist order. Yeah, I mean, I think Russia gets a really good example of that. Um, right. Yeah. And absolutely. Like, I, I'd always say, beware of people who say that there is any part of America that has been uh, quote corrupted. Right. Like the point, the the well was poisoned from the start. You know, it's 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 at least in in the terms that you're probably thinking of. Um, you know, it's 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 at its core is it's a dictatorship of the rich. Right. And and by that I mean it's 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 a it's a state. We're really at the in the final analysis. The only the rich can have power, real power, and only the rich can can really conduct the affairs of the state. And like anybody who expects that to change, I mean, that's what I sort of found so maddening about the Trump years. Because on one side you've sort of got this liberal hysteria, but on the other side you have this sort of like uh, deification, or at least like uh, you know, in sort of its most minor form, um, this this fraudulent vision of of Donald Trump. As somehow like at his core opposed to you know to American capitalism mm. as such, right? And and, and like a, not not even anti-capitalist, but sort of like it's the whole populist stick. And and I mean to to be clear, like all of that was created whole cloth or not whole cloth out of you know very partially formed actual cloth by Steve Bannon. It was it was an election gambit to get Donald Trump elected. That wasn't really at its core, at his core, who Donald Trump was. And I think a lot of people sort of viewed it, whether, you know, out of hope or out of, you know, sort of, uh, gleeful, uh, gleefulness at seeing liberals so mad as his, as he was like a divergence from the straight line that we've been on for a long time. But if anything, he was at most like a minor, um, aberrance. I don't know. I don't know what the word is, but like he wasn't, he didn't go, he didn't go another direction. He was just a bump in a straight line. Um, and, and I, I, I think that like the, the state is at its core, like the foundations of the state were never threatened. Um, you know, the, the economic system we have did not change in the slightest. 
the fact is, is like they, they would never allow somebody who people like the way that people talk about Trump, um, they would never allow someone like that actually in the white house in the first place. Uh, it, you know, it wouldn't be good enough for business. Um, I mean, I think that like, yeah, I'm still, I don't know if I could like fully agree, but I also, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm still, I'll, I'll say this. I'm, I'm still thinking about like, what was Trump? And I think it's going to yeah. take some people some time um, to kind of like process his administration. And like, I mean, I do think that he emerged out of a contradiction that he was able to exploit within the, particularly within the um, Republican coalition. Absolutely. hundred percent. But I do think that that coalition has now like, he's reassembled it a little bit, but I don't know if it's, um, I, I don't think it's been disassembled. Like I think a lot of his supporters maybe would like, um, but yeah, it's going to take me some time to process it and think through like, yeah, I think that that's like a really important question of trying to figure out what was Trump. Um, and I, you know, I don't have the answer yet, but I do want to like add something really quick just Go to ahead, like, sweetheart. yeah, because I do want to be clear about something um, is like, you know, I've looked into it. I think you've looked into it pretty like a lot, um, but into the claims of election fraud specifically yeah. that like people on the right making. And I, I you know, I will say that like, I, I mean, I, I have some questions about some of the turnout numbers and like, I saw some of the breakdown of certain counties and percentages that were going uh, to Biden versus to Trump. And yeah. I, there's some like abnormalities for sure. I, I think that like, I was talking to someone about this last night and I was saying, you know, I, I think what we're going to discover is that there is way more there, that there was a, a much larger portion of split ballots than people were prepared for that. A lot of people voted Biden and also GOP. Yeah. And part of that was, you know, the, the democratic strategy of moving into the suburbs and to the, the never Trump conservatives. Yeah. To and the also, traditional sort of strongholds of people who vote for GOP senators. Yeah. Yeah. And also I think, um, I mean, anecdotally, anecdotally, like I know people that were just like, Oh yeah. Like that would be like Republican, but they're just fucking sick of this pandemic shit. And you know, they blame Trump. Right. Yeah. So I think like that stuff will emerge, but I will say that like, you know, I, I do think there's something funny and, and like my gut tells me that like something funny happened. But most of the stuff I've seen online, like ballot changing or ballot stuffing or whatever, like um, none of it is very explicit, like the claims that some people on the right are making. And they're all kind of like talking around things, which, okay, like, you know, you're kind of like looking for what's what. But like, I haven't seen anything that like convinces me that someone was bringing like a sack of ballots in in the middle of the night, like this is the 1930s or whatever. And um it seems like a lot of people are wanting to kind of suggest that whether they realize it or not, I don't know. But, um, you know, I, I basically, I, I would just also, I want to say like, I'm not trying to hedge here. I'm just trying to like explain kind of like my thought process, but I really, there's something I really, really, really want to stress, which is that, and, and this is, I think really important um, because, you know, I don't think it'll come to us as a surprise to like any of our listeners that I'm I'm particularly very open to a lot of conspiracy theories and probably more so than our average listener. Um, 
And like, you know, I'm pretty sympathetic to cute people and I understand where and and like completely sympathize where a lot of the um, like where that urge comes from, you mm-hmm. know? Um, I mean, I think a lot of things about the world and like what our government does and what the bankers do and how the world works that I think plenty of people would call insane or conspiracy or ridiculous, a lot of which we've explained on this very podcast. <laughs> So like, I'm really like sympathetic and I understand that. Um, And I want to be clear, like, I would rather someone, like, I would rather someone's knee jerk reaction to being inundated with the kind of like single note media narrative that we got this week from, whether it's from like the Washington Post or fucking media Twitter or CNN or MSNBC or Fox or New York Times or whatever. Like, I would rather your like, immediate like pose be to take all of that critically and say wait a second why am i seeing the fucking same single narrative everywhere like actually i'm going to question this and i'm not going to immediately accept what's being thrown at me i'm going to be critical of this you know of this and like i just would i would rather that be someone's instinct someone's like immediate reaction like than anything remotely resembling like haha anyone who dares question this is a fucking crank like i have absolutely no respect for that attitude and like i i have zero absolutely zero patience for that sentiment i i think i i would agree with that 100 percent. i think the one sort of caveat i have there is that like particularly in in the Q sphere itself, um, it seems like, and this is, you know, sort of maybe a conspiracy theory of my own, but like, it seems like a lot of that urge people have, you know, I mean, we have people probably record distrust of the media, at least in the modern age right now, uh, and people seeking out sort of alternate Mm. sources of information. Um, but with Q in particular, I, 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 and, and that right-wing media sphere, like the Jack Posobiec, you know, the sort of like Bannon sphere, uh, I, I think those people have done an excellent job of capturing a lot of people who might not want to take the, you know, take the narrative as, as it's given to them by, you know, notorious liars, like, like a lot of these um, newspapers and TV stations, but like take capturing that energy and sort of refocusing it mm-hmm. and, into some in their own version of it. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, it's astounding to me that Q has not posted since the election. <laughs> Q's last post is like an Abraham Lincoln quote and a, 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 a picture of, and that's like labeled largest flying flag in America with underscores between every word and a link to the YouTube trailer of last of the Mohicans. As a new land was being carved. Um, <laughs> which is, it, it's incredible to me. And, and if you go to, to the, to the, to the board that Q posts on, which is it's eight coon, 8kun mm, dot top, yeah. uh, of course, and you can see the different boards there. I think the one right above it in terms of popularity is a child porn board, so maybe stay off of that one. Um, but uh, it like it's full of people flipping out because it's like they've been sort of sucked into their own like version of this, you know, media sphere, and have essentially been betrayed by that as well, or at least uh, at least tricked by that as well, and so. Yeah, I, 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 I think all of it, I mean, just sort of, just sort of depresses me in that way. Mm. Um, I see like, we'll see how that goes. Like, I'm really curious as like, like, you know, the, the cube sort of prophecy has not come true, you know, in, yeah. in any way. 
There were no arrests. There were no, I mean, all obviously I don't need to explain to anybody. Um, and so it's, it's sort of, I wonder what those people are going to do because they, uh, unlike how, you know, the alt-right was supposed to gain all this power and take over the GOP. It's in fact, it's like a, a lot of the kind of grassroots energy. There's no tea party. There's no alt-right really anymore. Um, there's just this, whatever this movement is. And so I'm a little curious to see that, how that'll go. Um, they should do a little bit of like, they should do a collaboration with Mueller. She wrote, because what are they going to do now? Exactly. I know we need, <laughs> we really need to get the Russiagate people and the Q people in one well, because oh my God. in the Q universe, they actually thought Mueller was a double agent working for Trump. They thought he was a white hat. Like that was Q's thing mm, always. Yeah. 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 And so that actually wouldn't be impossible to do. We got to connect them. Oh my God. The most ambitious crossover yet. <laughs> So imagine, Liz, the year is 1942. Uh, You are wearing a dress that is down to your ankles, and I scream at you when you hike it up to scratch your knee. I don't know if you have an accurate idea of what 1942 was like, culturally speaking. You are wearing full hijab. (laughs) I am the most racist man in human history. I ride a horse. Uh, I can't read. Uh, And I, I spend... Eight hours a day on the telegraph <laughs> looking at ISIS videos. Oh my God. Okay. I have never eaten fish. <laughs> and Franklin Delano Roosevelt is sitting in the Southern White House because the South won the Civil War. Wait. <laughs> what? Anyways. Imagine President FDR. He gets on the telegraph, which is in this. It's a tele, for those who don't know, telegraph is like a messaging app that people use mm. to communicate. Um, and he writes, uh, "In the interest of democratic socialism, I'm actually going to do one of the. Uh, I'm going to put all Japanese people in concentration camps." Mm. And the people who own Telegraph, uh, Jack Horsey, named as such because <laughs> he comes from a long line of horse breakers. Uh, is like, actually, this is going to trigger violence, so I'm going to censor what the president says. I'm going to put a little thing over. Mm. Mm, eh, wrong. Actually, that's today, and I'm not racist. <laughs> Whoa! Oh. Whoa. Uh, no, so, so uh, I'm sure some of you may have noticed, if you're like me and you check President Trump's Twitter every few days to see if he responds to one of your things, um, you might have noticed that basically nothing Trump has said since the election has has you've been able to access it on Twitter without yeah. clicking a couple of things. And and I think like that is uh, you know just to pause for a second here. That's pretty astounding. I was uh I mean we talked about it like that the it was like that there was the night of the election and the next day and it got worse the next day. Yeah. I I couldn't I was like could not believe it. And I can't believe I, people did not seem to care. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but it was shocking. You like, you couldn't retweet you like, you couldn't retweet his tweets and he was tweeting mm-hmm. a lot and, and I was trying to retweet him and you could, they wouldn't show up at all without like a warning, like, you know, Oh, this, this could be fake news or whatever the fuck Twitter was saying. Um, Election results I, are unverified. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. That. And I just like, 
I mean, first of all, what's the date that they certify the election results? Like, they haven't done that yet. December 14th. Yeah, are they just going to keep this up? No, that's not what they're talking about, right? We all know what the fuck we're talking about. So no one out there listening to this get pedantic, okay? Like, we all know what's going on here. And, like, it is fucking insane. I'm sorry, I think it's, like, I, I don't know... There's probably some like bizarro brain out there that thinks that if we point this out, that means that we're like fucking Trump supporters, like which is just like the same kind of weird backwards thinking that if I like, you know, criticize Trump, then I, you know, am a Democrat or whatever. But like, but like, you know, I, um, yeah, I, I was just f- completely shocked. And it wasn't just on Twitter. Like, the f- it was on the fucking news networks. Like, they wouldn't show him. They wouldn't They would not show him speaking. It's like, it's crazy. It's not a question of who wins, Republican, Democrat. Good evening, everyone. No, I'm Lindsay Davis. Uh, Thanks so much for streaming with us. We've been listening to President Trump addressing the nation for the first time since the wee hours Wednesday morning. He's been making uh, a lot of, uh, frankly, false accusations, baseless claims, and that's not being partisan. That's just stating the fact. Uh, he has basically stated that he has claimed that he has won uh, several states that simply have not been projected or called cases okay, they're so one-sided we were, we're watching uh, president trump speaking live from the white house and, and we have to interrupt here because the president has uh, made a number of uh, false statements including the notion that there has been fraudulent voting there has been no evidence of that allegations by his campaign but his uh, campaign spokespeople unable to provide any evidence i, I think it what drives me what drives me a little crazy about it is because like even if you take them at their word and this is to prevent the spread of misinformation it's like nobody from Trump's like coalition or nobody who's like the type of person who reads Trump's tweets in the first place and like believes what he says is going to be dissuaded. In fact, it's going to sort of, I think this is the right word to use, reify it um, <laughs> and, and, and reinforce it in these people's head. Reify to me just means reinforce. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, it's astounding. And like the thing is, it's like, it's not like, I mean, if it was up to me, baby, you know, Donald Trump would not be able to speak. Neither would anybody who's made their living in real estate, if you know what I mean. Um, nor would any past or future, you know, present presidents. Um, but like the fact that like Twitter has sort of taken it upon themselves to be this arbiter of of who gets to speak and and, and why not. And the thing is, like to be clear, Twitter has done this before. Twitter banned thousands of pro-government Venezuela accounts, mm, including yeah. official accounts from the government of Venezuela. They've done the same to Iran. They have censored people at the behest of Israel and Turkey. Um, of course, never the Turkish president or anybody like that, but you know, it's like what Trump is saying isn't even like against, I mean, I maybe I guess there's a terms of service thing that's saying that you can't spread it, misinformation or whatever. They I don't just like know. change the terms of service to fit the pol- the new policy though. Exactly. Like all that stuff is fucking fake. Um, and, and I, I thought it was just astounding because like what you're looking at here, like, okay, like, yes, uh, you know, you might be like, it's a minute thing. Who cares? You know, it's like, they're putting a disclaimer over the president. Uh, I hate the president, but it's not about that. I also hate Twitter. And it's not just like, I hate Twitter because like, I hate, uh, you know, when people say like, oh, brace, you know, sunch my dinch or whatever on there, like all this kind of <laughs> shit, like brace, oh, please give me some pussy. Like, no, I don't, whatever. It's not like that. I hate Twitter because I hate like sort of what that represents and what that means like 
where we're going from here, right? Like all of the stuff you're seeing right now, like I don't think we've like reached the new era yet. I think we are at the very, very beginning of a sort of new type of of, of society and type of communication. And I, I, I think all of it's real bad. And so it's like all this stuff that Twitter's doing, all these tech companies, all these media companies are doing to me just represents sort of the looming shadow of a bigger threat. And it drives me nuts. Yeah, and I think too, it's like, you know, at that point, then Donald Trump is very useful, right? Mm-hmm. Because now, you know, for the past four years, liberals have been screaming. I mean, let's not forget that fucking Kamala opened her campaign with, and we're going to kick Donald Trump off Twitter. Like, oh, and he's going to get kicked off the Twitter. He's going to get kicked off the I Twitter. Know. Why am I fucking lit? Oh, it's because I'm smoking. Um, but like the second he's not president anymore, they're banning him. Greatest poster of all time, by the way. Mm-hmm. That'll be a sad day. No. So like, you know, Kamala opens her campaign. I mean, this it's not a coincidence that she opens her campaign with we're going to kick Donald Trump off of Twitter. Like she said that because for four years, people have been fucking screaming at Twitter, at New York Times, at MSNBC, at fucking journalists, at, at like everyone to like, wh- remember this. Remember, why are you normalizing Trump? It's like, That's bitch, he's the president. What do you mean normalize? the president. I mean, like, I, I, it's so it, this is all downstream from all of that shit. All the drive to censor everything, all the drive to deplatform. And like, this is why, I mean, people give me shit of, and have given me shit for the past four years for being like very uh, like strict on this. Like, I, I really just have no patience um, for like, calls to uh, censor or deplatform or cancel, as we like to say, people. Like, I just have no, and I I think it's a really bad instinct um, and comes from a dark place. But, like, it's not a coincidence that all this is happening, right? Because it's been in the zeitgeist. Yeah, right. it is the zeitgeist. That's what I'm saying. And, like, you know, it's also, like, I mean, look, they, like you've mentioned with the Venezuelan activists, like not to mention like anyone who's pro-Palestine, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but it's not just, oh, they, they you know, that's like bullshit. Oh, they're going to come for Trump and then they're going to come for you. It's not just that, dude. It's like, <laughs> dude, I'm calling the listener, dude. Um, it's like, Shout you're, out to the fellas. <laughs> even without it, like you're consenting, even if you don't realize it, to tech companies having supranational super governmental power right mm-hmm. and the com- the tech companies are fucking doing it by the way i, I want to make this clear like i don't think the tech companies are responding to these claims and like you know zuckerberg is censoring uh q or you know jack dorsey is censoring trump because they like it's the liberal agenda or whatever like i, like, I don't think that i don't think it's because they're all like secret um like you know Secret, I, I, you know, I don't care about their personal politics. It's not about that. It's because the tech companies don't want fucking more like government oversight. They don't want any yep. more regulation. And so if the loudest voices are calling for it and they know they'll get brownie points if they do it, they're going to fucking do it. And anyone who like added, I mean, you're fucking Mark. You're fucking Mark. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It might seem paradoxical that like Twitter censoring the president is actually them trying to avoid government regulation, but they can see which way the wind is blowing. You know, yeah. they were betting on Biden and, and Kamala winning. And if they did stuff like this, that puts them in good with the next administration. 
And the thing is, like all these tech companies' powers will grow during the next administration. I mean, one of the most pathetic things about Trump's eminently pathetic presidency is that for all of his bluster and for all of his puffing out his chest, he never did shit about tech companies. A couple lawsuits, maybe some hearings, but he never really did anything. I mean, that's true of basically most of his platforms. I mean, Christ, remember he was talking about arresting Hillary Clinton? Never even fucking came close. He literally had to get one of his guys to invent a fantasy world in which he already did that so that old boomers could believe on fucking 4chan rather than actually do. Easiest thing in the world. Literally just arrest her. I'm sure you could get fucking, you have a million police force that you're, never mind. Anyways, it's like, you know, Trump never really took them on. And if you think that the Democrats are going to come anywhere close to doing that, I mean, you're out of your fucking mind. You know, it's like there's been a lot of talk about Prop 22, the slave law in in California, um, where essentially Uber and Lyft put up a ballot measure. We can do that or a proposition rather uh, in in California because we can do that. You know, citizens can can, you know, put laws forth. Uh, In this case, large corporations can too. They spent $200 million on it. They made essentially every driver uh, inundated them. And I mean inundated like you've never believed with propaganda for it. Did incredibly illegal things, forcing their, quote, not employees to vote for it. Uh, and and had one of the most sophisticated advertising campaigns I've ever seen with allies in all levels of government. Well, guess who helped run it? Kamala Harris's family, her brother-in-law, her, I think Amina Harris is her sister, I think. You know, the, all these people actually literally no shit work for Uber. Her brother-in-law is the fucking general counsel. You know, uh, Mina Harris did st- was like head of strategy for them. And it's like this stuff is going to continue. And this these, these slave laws are going to appear in not just my state, but they're going to appear in your fucking state too. Uber's already talking about it. And if you think that the government's going to try to stop it, no, there will be – the government will maybe make some vague protestations. But it's like – I I don't think they're going to do shit about this. And it's a wave that's coming. And it's like, you know, I, 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 I always think like, well, what can be done about these tech people? Because the way it looks to me is like they're fighting a war, a sophisticated war, a war with heavy weaponry and, 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 and no morals or, and certainly no, uh, no, no standards or whatever against people who are like essentially defenseless. And it's like, Okay, well, if they're beating you at this kind of war, you got to fight a different kind of war against them. I'm not going to really elaborate on what I mean by that, but I think you can fucking guess. And it's like, it's, it's, I'm not kidding when I say I fear for the fucking future. I fear for these companies having a fucking even bigger stake in our government. And that's not just because Trump's getting out of power. That's just because as technology grows, more and more power is going into these companies' hands. The government will help it along. And it's like, it, it is, it is, it is. Brothers and sisters, it is not looking good for our relationships to these large corporations. You know, they are going to control large portions of your life very, very soon. And, uh, and, 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 and I'm sorry, I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here. I'm, I'm sorry about that. But like, it's really just been something that's on my mind a lot is like, there is, is, is the way I think of it, all these tech companies, all the media and stuff are part of this like national, but also partly international super state. And, and they're actually part of this whole system, too. It's not just the U.S. government. It's all this shit. And, uh, and I'll tell you what, it makes me fucking sick.
wrap this up, um, which I don't know, we didn't really plan this episode. We were just like, well, we got to do an episode about the election. So these are our thoughts of the election. <laughs> yeah. But I have to say that, like, um, I don't know about you, but I was like really fucking depressed yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like I woke up, I was like not well. I was looking at social media um, and then I fucking heard all these like cheers and it was like, oh, like real life cheers. Yeah. And suddenly people were partying because, you know, whatever they named Biden president. And I just like, I was just so depressed, the shit that I witnessed, the kind of celebrating. Um, And it was just, I don't know. Like, I think you and I were texting about it. And you said, like, it reminded you of how you felt when Bernie went down and when Corbin went down. And it was like mm-hmm. living through that all over again. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it felt like a loss. I was walking um, in the, like, downtown of the the town that I'm in right now. And, like, you know, people are driving around honking and hollering out their car windows. Oh, sweetheart, they're just catcalling you. <laughs> no, I mean, it was, like, nuts. And... Yeah, there's like some woman standing there with a sign that says like the end of white supremacy is near. Yes. And like yes. I and like, yeah, that's like cringe liberal stuff, right? But like that sentiment is not that far off from basically what we see in our own milieu. <laughs> I'll just yeah. say that. Yeah. But like then seeing the stuff online, like, oh well, you know, we can celebrate today, but tomorrow the hard work starts, you know, or like I, you know, I saw like people being like, oh. I can't believe people are celebrating like it's Obama. And I'm like, dude, who do you think Obama? Like, this is Obama. <laughs> like, yeah. wait, you're still saying that Obama was somehow a different thing. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. I, I, you know, there, I mean, you know, it's cliche and I don't even want to say it, even though it should be said that last night was the eve of the 18th Brumaire. But there, the tragedy <laughs> farce here between Obama and Biden. And to be honest, like, the response of the left, which I kind of want to get into is it's hard to deny. Yeah. I I think we like, we tend to sort of stay away from being like a, here's our thoughts on current political affair, you know, uh, podcast. Um, But it's, it's hard for me to, 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 to not mention that because I've had quite a lot of thoughts. And I think one of my, one of the things that like, I, I really struck me is that like people were sort of trying to, to present, um, the downfall of Trump and the ascension of Joe Biden as if they were two different things, as if you could all separate them. Mm. There was a cleavage between the two and there's not, um, there is no hidden victory here for you. There is no like secret win that you can celebrate that. Yes, it's a temporary one. And, 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 you know, soon the real work begins or whatever. No, I'm telling you this straight, you know, you lost. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's you, the, the, you know, the whore America has been purchased by somebody else. Somebody else is, is fucking ramming themselves into Babylon now. And it's like, you have no part in that. And, and, and I think like it's, 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 I think a lot of people made a big mistake by linking themselves to this gangster regime. Um, and I don't mean like Trump. I don't mean Biden. I mean, at all. Well, I, I, or I really both actually, uh, I, I mean both. And it's like, t- to me, it's, it's, I just, I, I know I mentioned this last time, but like all those people who said like, oh, Kissinger belongs in the Hague or this person, you know, should be arrested, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, you're, you're cheering on the ascension of somebody who is responsible for, for just untold misery, you know? And yeah. yes, Donald Trump is a son of a bitch and he's out, 
but what it's in is no better. And yes, okay, maybe Joe Biden, uh, you know, doesn't hate like trans people as much or whatever, you know, what social things, or uh, maybe he makes uh, noises towards unions or whatever. But like at the end of the day, he is in this fucking mafia. Like he is, he is linked arms with like the killers and the fucking freaks out there. You know, like all the scumbag fucking lunatics and these fucking pimps in the fucking in his admin that will be in his administration. Like no, like you, if you, <laughs> I don't. I just God, listen. I got I got a lot of feelings about this baby. It's like if you link yourself to that, that is what you are linked to. And it's like there is no that. Like to be clear, we have said this before in the podcast. There is no pushing Biden left. That is a that is a fucking mirage that you yourself created, which makes it one of the most pathetic mirages of all. Because it's not even the desert giving you a fucking oasis; it's you trying to give you an oasis. It's 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 that you did not win yesterday. There was no fucking chance for you to win at yesterday. The same people are in power yesterday as it will be in power tomorrow. I mean, real power. You know, it's it drives me fucking crazy. And it's like if you say anything like this, people tell you, "Oh, you like Trump or whatever." Blah blah blah. Like, no, I hate I hate them both. I hate all the fucking. I hate the entire fucking government. You know, it drives me crazy. Yeah, I think too, like, I mean, I don't know. I was watching fucking Biden and Kamala's speech last night and I tweeted something like, hey, remember when Kamala called Biden a fucking racist on national TV? And like, remember when like literally everyone was saying that Joe Biden was a rapist? It's like, and the, 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 Yeah, I mean, and someone replied to me like, well, what do you want to do? What do you want us to do? And I was just like, I want you to think about how we got here. They're like, well, how did we? I don't know, some snarky thing or whatever. I don't usually even read replies, to be honest. But like, I I mean, I don't think that there has been um, enough or any real reflection on how we got here. Like, yeah. And this is something I, you know, I've said for a, for a long time and I've said it on Twitter and, and the podcast, like, and it's taken, you know, it's taken me a long time to sort out my thoughts about what happened with the collapse of the Sanders campaign. And like, I don't mean like campaign strategy because, um, I don't actually think that that was the problem, but like, (laughs) I, I mean, I don't know how to stress this. Like it is so fucking crazy that Joe fucking Biden is the president. Like, I don't know how many people have sat with the kind of fucking dissonance between Joe Biden is the president and like the left is on the march or whatever. Like, yeah, the legacy of Occupy is the guy who deregulated the banks in the White House. Yes. Like, it's so crazy to me that and it's like, and even if you say this out loud, you're met with like, um, people calling you a doomer or people calling you a nihilist, you know, or like the kind of, or the, I mean, I'll also, I mean, you know, you see all these people also saying like, you know, okay, we're saying in this episode that like the state has shored up its power, right? How did, how did this happen? Like, what do we mean when we say that? Well, it's like, you know, people are saying the Democrats like did poorly because they lost seats oh, in the house yeah. Or they didn't get the Senate and, you know, slight majority people voting for Biden or whatever. But like, you know, I don't see that. I mean, I do think it's a cheap win and I think they may pay down the road. But like, you know, what I see is the Democrats raised a shit ton of money, like hundreds Mm -hmm. of millions or billions. I don't even know of dollars that's now in their fucking coffers. Yeah, totally. 
And like, they like very easily, like basically it took two calls from Obama and they squashed uh, a somewhat, I guess what you call insurgent left movement within their party, like easily, not even breaking a sweat. And not only did they squash it, they just successfully shepherded it back into the party. Mm-hmm. All those fucking people voted for Joe Biden. And like they won the White House. They got, you know, they get this slight majority of voters by courting suburban Republicans without losing the youth or progressive support. Right. And like Joe Biden, the man that was like so conservative, it was controversial for Obama to pick him as vice president is now in the White House. You know, it's like they have a split Congress, which means they don't actually have to do much because they can just tie their hands behind their back and say, well, what? We can't do anything. What are we supposed to do? We don't have the Senate. But, you know, guess what? If we, you know what, we could get the Senate in the midterms. And so we all need to band together and come 2022, vote blue no matter who. And guess what? You know what? I'm going to call it right now. The specter of Trumpism is going to yep. come back. And That's what I'm saying. Say, Fascism is going to make a resounding return in a couple of years. Yeah, they're going to say, guess what? We may have defeated Trump, but Trumpism is still lurking. And so in order to defeat it, you must give more money to us so we can, can, we can get back the Senate and get done all these things that we kind of promise that we'll do for you, right? And like- People continue to do it. They continue to uh, like mystify this entire fucking system of the way that the party and the state operates. And it, it is fucking maddening to me. It's fucking maddening. You know, it, you say any of this shit out loud. If I say this on the podcast or on Twitter, like I get called by like fellow leftist comrades, whatever we say, like, I get called being like a nihilist or a doomer. And like, I just like fully reject that. That's just a way to like dismiss what I'm fucking saying. It's, it, it, it's bullshit. You know, like <sighs> the reason that this shit upsets me so much, right. Is that like, I, when I say like, I look at this and like, I see that the legacy, like I said, the legacy of Occupy, right. Of the greatest fucking, of the great financial crisis was culminating culminated in the shoring up and reassembling of the fucking democratic party as it's continued to move. Right. As, as the, basically the center neoliberal party. Like I don't see a weak regime at all. I see like a very, very resilient one. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like Joe Biden stood, stood on stage and told you like he would veto Medicare for all. And you think that you have leverage over this guy. Like it is insane. It's, it's like, what are you guys doing? Like, why can't you say this out loud? You know? And like, I, by the way, also I'm already anticipating so much of the, well, you can't complain if you didn't vote for him, which by the way, like, I just want to talk about that for a second. Cause I've never understood that logic. Like, wait, no, you voted for him. You can't complain. I can't complain. I didn't vote for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's totally, by the way, we did not vote for Joe Biden. And so (laughs) you will expect to hear me complain a lot that he did not appoint me to defense. But I just, I don't know. I just have never understood that logic. It makes no sense to me. But anyway, it's like, you know, like he said he was going to veto Medicare for all. He stood on stage and did that. Trump said, do the fucking same thing, you know, and Mm -hmm. you just sit there like, ah, well, we'll, we'll get him next time. 
You know, we got to, yeah. you know, we're getting back to the hard work tomorrow of getting this rammed through the Biden administration. It's like, yeah, just like you did under Clinton and just like you did under Obama. And like, you know, it, it's just really fucking depressing to me. Like, this is what was really get Like, I was like stuck in yesterday and like a little bit today, to be clear. Mm-hmm. But like, there is, I mean, at least in my view, like there is a straight line from Obama to Occupy, to Bernie, to Biden. And I really, I want to talk about this for a second because this is like, when people tell me like, oh, what do you you think happened? Like, okay, let me tell you, this is what I think happened because this is what I've been sitting with since March trying to figure out what the fuck happened. This is what I think happened. Like, Occupy said, we are the 99%, they are the 1%, right? And we kind of started talking to Mike Davis about this when he was on when we were kind of, you know, we were mm-hmm. talking about the legacy of Occupy. Rapping with him. Yeah. And like, so 99%, 1%. And like from there, you know, from that theory of the, of the world, you know, that like kind of description of power relations, of production, out of that emerges a politics, right? This is how that works. And that politics drove Occupy activists to court Elizabeth Warren to run for president, by the way, in 2016 against the presumptive nominee, Hillary Clinton. She declined, but that was the thing, draft Warren, right? And after Mm -hmm. Warren, they went to Bernie. So the Bernie campaign comes directly out of this, okay? But like, I want to talk about this for a second because what this says, like this 99%, 1%, like is completely incorrect. And it has absolutely no explanatory value of how the world actually works of like where power lies let alone the kind of intricate and um continuingly like continuing to be more intricate processes of global accumulation like whether that's in production and manufacturing or whether that's in finance and the growth in the ratio of fictitious capital in our economy and like I mean, let alone like touching on any the like kind of massive growth of ideological production and reproduction that the state mm-hmm. now requires. But like 99, 1%, 99%, 1%, like that doesn't tell you anything about any no. of this. No, it, in fact, I, I think it actually sort of um, makes it less clear. Absolutely. And like what you get out of that logic is a politics that fundamentally cannot address the world as it actually is. Like yes. it cannot actually expose and exploit the the contradictions in our system. And like, I, you know, I want to be like really clear here because my point is the fucking problem is the analysis. Like the theory is wrong. It starts with the incorrect analysis of the world. And what flows from that is the incorrect politics. Like we need to go back and like, you know, There's a reason then why this incorrect politics can then be so easily absorbed back into the system. Like this entire enterprise has ended up fortifying the Democratic Party, you know, as this like non-threatening, like structurally it cannot be threatening political logic gets reabsorbed into it. And so like, you know, this is just, yes, this is what we said at the beginning of the episode. The neoliberal order is stronger than it was in 2016, let alone 2008. And like, I haven't read any or seen any reflection on that from anyone on the left, like across the fucking globe. And it's been a decade plus of losses by the left across the globe. 
I I would say I would say probably a good read for people to try to start to understand what we're talking about is the the uh, short essay the very short essay is where do correct ideas come from mm. by Mao because I think there's a lot to be gained from that um, I I I would agree with you 100 percent on that um, not not 99 percent not 100 percent <laughs> I think that if you start from a a a germ that is itself filled with so many contradictions that it can't function. I mean, we saw everything that we've seen since the ad, the advent of Occupy, since the advent of this sort of like new left uh, has been has been poisoned from the beginning because it's built on a foundation that that is actually made of air. Um and 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 is not does not lend itself to actual class politics. It 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 is essentially um it's a mask for more for more bourgeois ideology. Um, and 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 the, the thing is, we're going to keep running into these problems as long as people cling to this stuff because you know it 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 is it is. I mean, talk about a god that failed. I mean, my god, we have <laughs> we have we have seen nothing but failure for the past decade. And uh, you know, the thing is, like Liz is right. Like we're we're not doomers. You know, I, I'm as optimistic as I was yesterday as I was the day before that. I'm I'm eternally optimistic. Um, but the thing is, is I, I, I am myself armed with what I think is, is the correct theory and what I think is a correct analysis. And, and, and I, I think that like the thing that I would, I would suggest that people engage in is, is, is understanding for yourself what's going on, you know, start there, like understanding for your, for yourself, what went wrong, why it went wrong and 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 where that leaves us and and once you yourself get that then you can really start the war, actual you know work of trying to get other people to understand that too um because the way things go uh, are going now is 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 we're going to come back from this defeat the same way we come back from every defeat with a oh well we actually just need to try harder or mm-hmm. like you know we we should do the same yeah. thing but more right and and to me that's 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 a fucking that's a that's a farcical way to live. You know, it's it's not the it's not the methods that are incorrect, although methods were often incorrect too. It is the idea that is incorrect. Um, yeah. And uh, and 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 the thing is, there's so much sort of social pressure and political pressure to to cling to these incorrect ideas that like it is we're, we're going to have to see where that lands. I have no idea what the political landscape will be under Joe Biden. I can't make predictions. I, I don't know. Um, I can I can look at the past, although things are a little different than they have been in the recent past. So I I, I can't even really make that informed of a of a of a, of a guess there. Um, what I saw though yesterday, where people celebrated a man whose cabinet will be filled with fucking freaks and losers, with people like Jamie Dimon, the fucking Kibi lady, Kibi Kibi. Oh, what's, what's that her shit? name? Meg Whitman. Meg Whitman is for yeah, for she's a secretary. very big career before whatever that fucking website yeah, is that HPL, I can't pronounce. Yeah, yeah, yes. um, <laughs> that's how I know the, her. <laughs> but the truth is, people acting were acting like there was some kind of liberation yesterday. I, I hear that word a lot, liberation. It's like liberation from fucking what, man? Yeah. Like, if you can afford to have children, your children will be born with fucking invisible fucking chains on that, and their fucking backs will grow all fucked up and crooked. Because the chains will get heavier and fucking heavier and heavier and heavier. And I saw yesterday, what I fucking saw yesterday on the streets, well, videos of people on the streets. I'm currently 60 feet underground in a bunker in Chile. 
uh, escaping the new Biden regime. What I saw yesterday in those videos of people on the streets were a whole bunch of people gathered together, whether their sign said NY supremacy, whether their sign said Biden, whether their sign said whatever, what they were actually saying was long live our fucking chains. Mm. That's what I saw. Yeah. And, and, and once you get, and I hate to sound like one of these guys, but once you fucking get your eyes wide open and once you see what's really going on, brothers and sisters, then you are armed because right now you are naked. You are a babe in the woods. And what you got to do is you got to fucking load your 50 caliber rifle up the mind rifle and, 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 you know, and point it at these lies and deceptions that you were fucking bombarded with and pull the fucking trigger. Yeah. I mean, yesterday was like, I just couldn't believe that like everyone was just saying, I mean, what you said, like this, this like determination, like, and now we go forth, here we go, march on. And it's like, uh, I, I mean, I, I just can't believe the fucking hubris, you know? Like well, a lot of people say they fucking hate the pigs and then vote for the pigs too. Well, it's not just that. I mean, voting is like this. It's the fact that you just got your ass kicked and you're deter- now more determined than ever. Like like you said, like, let's just keep doing what we're doing, but harder and better, you know? Or like, let's just yeah. tweak the policy prescriptions. Like if we just change the rules, you know, like, I mean, I want to be clear actually too, like this extends to the bullshit, like woke, anti-woke, fights or whatever like that for the love of god or like is the pmc real is it not real this bullshit like this fucking needs to stop like saying that you could if you just like adopt a different posture or like attitude versus a a, another attitude while keeping the same politics is like as wrongheaded as saying that all that needs to happen is like little technocratic fixes to the rules of the game like that's no all it's all the same bullshit it's saying you know like it's saying the politics are not wrong the analysis is not wrong it's like just the way that we are doing it yeah and like, like we're too woke or we're, we're not or we're not, yeah all of this shit and it's the fucking the battles back and forth of this all it does is continue to fortify the bad logic that gives rise to it in the first place like mm-hmm. we have to fucking stop and pause you know and I think that like a lot of introspection and accounting is warranted. And instead I see resolve in the fucking face of a decade of loss, you know, like people just want to keep going because that, you know, to admit that we need to tear everything down and fucking do the difficult work of building something new, like that requires you know, not just patience and work, but like real humility. And like we mentioned, the social, like these social p- pressures, whether it's on social media or in IRL life, IRL life, <laughs> mm-hmm. like those social pressures and the kind of need to always be right and the need to one up everyone and to be the most whatever and whatever, like completely, like removes the possibility of that kind of humility of understanding our own defeat like that that requires you know Mm. and like that kind of work is not the work that gets you jobs in like ngos or in policy centers or like you know in fucking like i don't know m plus one or whatever (laughs) or like you know it certainly doesn't get you a fucking podcast i'm just gonna put that out there like you know but, uh, you know, 
no one can admit this. Like, I haven't seen anyone admit it. And my real question is like, can, can they even see it? You know? And so like, I just want to say, like the only thing I, I've been able to think about since March, and this is what I was like stuck in all day yesterday is like, you know, people need to stop for a second and think and sit down and account for how the fuck we ended up here. And like, that is not nihilistic. I reject that. That's not cynical. That's literally the opposite, right? I'm saying no, like we need to be honest because if we don't, we're actually being cynical actors. We're yeah. actually yeah. being nihilists. Like we have, to, if we want to say, like if you want to change the world, if you think that that is possible, then we need to be honest about the fact of, uh, about, uh, you know, have an honest accounting of the world as it is, not as we think it should be. We're not going to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, how are we supposed to go forward if we don't? Yeah. And I mean, we've talked about this a lot on the show is that people have this sort of uh, this cult of action where it's like spring from one thing to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. And, and pretending like all of it adds up to something more when it, in fact, we actually lose more each time we are, it's a, we are a, a paper tiger. I would <laughs> say that. Um, and, and, and to me, it's like, you know, I'm not, you know, no fucking genius theoretical person. I'm not a fucking thought leader. I'm just saying what I, as like a normal fucking person, see, uh, and 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 I think Liz is the same way. You know, it's like we're we're just you know sort of trying to take an honest accounting of, of what we have here. Um, and and it you know it's like this election was not even a pyrrhic victory. I don't know how to pronounce that, but uh, a pyrrhic victory, the fire one. Um, you know, this election was 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 a was a defeat, and it was a defeat that's connected to other defeats. And it's good to make that constellation make sense and study that constellation and see where it leads us, you know, see, see, see what that reflects. Uh, Cause if you don't do that, well then, then brother, I mean, I, I don't got time for losing forever. All right. I want to talk about pedophiles real quick. <laughs> I know. I was about to open that with. All right. That's enough of that. Yeah. Uh, uh, we have. All right. I, I really hope Jamie Dimon is in the fucking Trump or excuse me, this is in the Biden. I don't uh, think he's going to be. Race. He doesn't look like he's going to be. We do have Samantha Power as uh, as sort of the front runner oh. for State Department, which I'm very excited about. She's um, a bad bitch. Man. Oh, she is such a boss bitch. She's fucking cool. It's like, to me, it's like it, the State Department was such a man boys club for mm. so long. And just like to see Hillary Clinton just like psh, out of that fucking glass. Uh, and, 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 and to see Samantha Powers, who has killed the child in Africa by her car running it over. I don't know if <laughs> you can look that up. It is true. Uh, Samantha Powers did kill an African child with her vehicle. Uh, to see that happen, to see her roll right on in like she's on a road in fucking Ethiopia, uh, is is incredible to see. Uh, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, she's a fucking the, ghoul. Really excited for the cabinet picks. They're already saying this is why we were talking about how like they're actually not disappointed with the GOP being in like you know still controlling the Senate if that continues to happen, which it probably will, um, or maybe not. I don't fucking know. 
uh, is that they have to pick even more moderate people or gives them more cover to do that. I mean, I think, I, I think it was anyways. just cover. I mean, it was, that was like, yeah. you know, they, there was like a little like Politico press release or something that said something like, yeah. you know, Oh, you know, this is going to be the treasury secretary because they have to, they have to work with Mitch McConnell. And it's like, wait, but I heard rumors that that was actually always going to be his treasury. Pick. Yes. Oh, there's oh, there's also one thing I wanted to say that doesn't connect to anything else we've talked about this episode, but I really wanted to get off my freaking chest, baby. Mm. Can I real quick? Give yeah. me 30 seconds. Right now, Elliot Abrams, one of the people who helped butcher, or excuse me, who helped engineer the butcher of El Mazote, is fucking in Israel, going to Saudi Arabia, and next to the UAE, because they are planning on hitting Iran with new sanctions every single day until the transition. And so for all of you people out there who are, are contrasting Biden with Trump and acting like, oh, well, Biden's going to put all these neocons in. No, it's all the fucking same game. It's all, and there's no fucking base Trump here who's fucking against the war and shit like that. As, 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 as the, as the, the, the great sage, the Warner has said, fucking sanctions are siege warfare. And in the taste of Iran, that is literally true. And so it's like, and you see anybody talking like that, they're trying to fucking fool you or they're fucking fools themselves. And either way, don't listen to them. All, they're all scumbags because the government is fucking scumbags. <laughs> Anyways, let's wrap this up. Let's, uh, let's put a condom yeah, on this bad boy. Oh God. Um, yeah, I don't look, I'm looking forward to everyone. You know, there's going to be a lot of fun, uh, fucking, left media tweets that are like, gosh, darn it. What? I can't believe the Democrats are so conservative. What are they doing? And yeah. this is my promise to you, dear listener. You're not going to hear any of that shit on this podcast. Cause I don't fucking care. <laughs> yeah. I do not. They can all suck my dick. All right. On that note, I'm Liz. My name is suck my dick. <laughs> uh, Brace Belton. And we are joined by producer young Chomsky. And the podcast, we- the pod, the podcast <laughs> is called Two and On. You know that's a new bit you added in, like as of, I started like, a I, couple I, episodes. What is it? Know, like, Ten episodes ago? Five episodes? I don't know. Ago? I, I I remember when I started it because I was like talking. We were doing the outro, and I was like, "Wait, do we say the name of the podcast? I feel yeah, like we, we should say the name of the podcast. That seems like a thing to do. All right. Well, we'll see you next time. Bye bye. <laughs> Jeffrey